It is Inside Florida Racing. Uh, Jack Smith, Rob Elting. Rob, how you doing, man? Good, man. What's happening with you? Well, I don't know. Cece Brooks, uh, I think she must have, uh, she got lost in the Holland Tunnel. Um, we know traffic's bad everywhere. It must be. Things uh, are but, burning uh, up everywhere. It's so dry, it's smoky everywhere. So uh, uh, we wanted to start things off tonight. At the at the end of this show tonight, Rob, we're going to uh, uh, have a replay of the um, uh, the last hour up at East Bay that uh, Bill Green and Rick Angie's uh, and myself did last week, along with Bone Man Rex Hollinger. But uh, we wanted to bring Rex on here at the beginning of the show because uh, I think he's got something pretty special. Hey, good evening, Jack. Uh, hey there, Rob. Hey, man, how you doing, Rex? Uh, doing great. Rob, so what's you, going on? Well, I have a question for you, Mr. Bonehead. Are you tired of people thinking that I'm you and that you're me? I get that all the time. People. Are yeah, well, it could, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, but only one of us is getting a compliment. Just remember that. Yeah. If it's a compliment, you know, that's <laughs> why I said it could go either way. But, uh, uh, well, at least it's always good to be confused by somebody. Yeah, exactly. So what's going on, Rex? Uh, you know, well, there was a thread. There was a thread on Jack's site about, like, Speed Week's Roundup. And right. everybody could put, you know, the number of places they've been and the things they've done. Uh, in February, racing in uh, in Florida, and uh, I, I lived it up. I really had fun. I went to eight or nine different tracks and, and was out for about 14 nights, and it was just great. But uh, one of the things I told Jack about happened last Thursday over at Zephyr Hills at the antique uh, at the antique car races that they run over there. You went there? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? They have. Well, the sure. I talked about it last week on the show, and uh, right next to the auction house that I do an auction at every week. I'm yeah, an auctioneer. Exactly. I didn't know if you knew that. No, but I was over there Thursday for opening day. They had a, a four-day meet with the antique cars. And uh, I got to do something I wanted to do my entire life. And when I was a kid and, and first started going to the races, 11 years old, I used to watch the old uh, upright midgets, three-quarter midgets down at Florida City Speedway. Mm-hmm. And since that time, and it's been a lot of years, I've always wanted to drive a midget. So I had my chance last Thursday at Zephyr Hills, a friend of mine, uh, Vaughn Rockney, who, who just retired and just returned to the state of Florida. All right. He had his uh, had his midget there, and uh, so I got to run that thing on Thursday. And uh, man, I had a blast. Those things were really, really fun, and and that was the nicest group of racers. The folks uh, with the D uh, D A A R A, the Daytona Antique Auto Racing Association, they were as friendly as can be. Uh, we just had a super day. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that you got over there and got to check that out. Isn't it cool to see all those old cars get out there on that racetrack? And get after it. Yeah, and if you see the old drivers, yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm in my 40s, and there was there were some guys my age, and there were some people younger. But I'm there's a lot older. that are older. Yeah, they most of them were in their 70s. I guarantee some of them were in their 80s, and there was a lot of women too, a lot of little old ladies who you think could be you know driving around with their knuckles just just above the steering wheel on some big Cadillac going to bingo. Hmm. No, no, no. They they pull out put out a helmet, climb in their race car, and go at it at Zephyr Hills. And you know what, Jack, you know what number car he was driving out there on the race? I'm going to give you one guess. What number car was Rex Bone Man out there driving on the racetrack? Eight? Twenty-seven, brother. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, that makes... really getting us confused. He's driving something with my... Yeah, there you go. He's got close to my nickname, and he's 
he's out there doing something really cool. Folks, if you haven't got a chance to check it out, go to the Karnak uh, uh, message board and go to the thread called Zephyr Hills with an exclamation mark. And uh, you can check out uh, Bone Man, Rex Hollinger, out there at the 35th Annual Auto Fest. And, you know, I, I told people to go there. I've been there several times, and I, I really think that's a cool deal. Did they have a lot of cars show up? I mean, was it a good meet for them? Yeah, they really did. I was there opening day on Thursday, and they had between 80 and 90. It's tough to tell because people were coming in and going all day. Right. But 80 and 90 on opening day, they were very, very excited about because the event tends to build Friday and Saturday and then kind of kind of peters out on Sunday. So, yeah, they had an excellent turnout on Thursday. Yeah, they have a bad time with weather. You know, it's nice that the weather cooperated with them because it's wet a lot for them, and I've seen them show up there and get everything ready and the Get rained out. Did did they have any of the uh, uh, fifty seven Chevrolets there? Kush Rivet. Did he have his car there? Yeah, he was there with two of them. A convertible. I don't know if they were both convertibles. I know one of them was, but he was there with two cars. Well, yeah, man, I was only there the one day. You know, I was busy with a midget, so I didn't really get to watch much. But I definitely saw Kush Rivet there with a couple of his. Well, that's great. So. Um... Uh, what else have you done uh, during your uh, escapades for uh, Speed Week? <laughs> well, I didn't get to race much because, uh, you know, my class is modified mini stocks. I think the only place we could race was Citrus, and that would be just like a regular Saturday night, so I didn't go. But So I, because I couldn't race, I did a lot of spectating. I went to Ocala, Volusia, um, East Bay, New Smyrna, Citrus, Auburndale, Orlando, uh, did you go to the figure eights at Auburndale? Yeah, I did. I was there that night. Actually, I had a well, car. Give me a report about that from somebody that's unbiased in the crowd. Mm, it was ugly. Actually, I was in the pit. I had a car there that yeah. a friend of mine called me and said, hey, go go run my car. So I had a, a four-cylinder scrambler. So it was... Um, they did get to race some. That's yeah. four that you got to race. Well, <laughs> barely. I got to run a heat, and then they went and canceled our uh, went and canceled our feature, essentially with no notice. Now, in fairness to Auburndale Speedway, we got to you know, emphasize that it was not the normal management group that the track was being leased out or rented out by this group from Indiana. Sure, yeah. They're the ones who made the call, and they're the ones who canceled a couple of features with no notice. But really? I think they were so fed up and aggravated by that time, and they were so anxious to get the fights started after <laughs> races that they just pulled the plug on a few races. Now, were there, was there a lot of fighting going on inside the pits, you know, the the, the, the back door that... We don't normally hear about with the media deal. Well, yeah, there was there was a couple of them. Uh, I guess there was a few. Of them. I wasn't there the other nights, but I know there's there was a lot of conflict. Uh, the Florida drivers felt like they weren't getting a fair shake from the uh, Indiana official officials. Well, in fairness, in fairness to the Indiana folks, uh, there wasn't any Indiana group there, and there wasn't Indiana Indiana racers there this Saturday night, and they had the same thing go on. And when you get unruly rednecks running the show, that's what you get. Is that what's going on over there? It's my opinion. Every time I've been there, it seems like uh, seems like there's some action on the track and there's some extracurricular activities in the pits, too. Yeah. Um, well, that's always exciting for the fans. Do you hear that, fan? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure the, fan, the fighting draws fans. But uh, but the internal dissent drives cars away. And I think yeah, that's what, but, that's what's but hey, Rob, the, the reason that we we wanted Rex on here tonight to to open the show was uh, there were some pretty interesting um, conversations in the the uh, one hour that um, Rex uh, spent uh, 
with uh, in the, the the studio there at the at the Hall of Fame Cafe with uh, Bill and Rick and and uh, we had a number of guests on and and uh, Rex sat in and there were some pretty interesting debates about uh, different topics in racing and uh, um, you know some of those had to do with you know whether uh, whether for instance if uh, the if this whole idea of, of parity of of making the cars all equal uh, is a good thing or not for for the fans and 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 for entertainment, um, that was one of the topics. There was a number of topics that were pretty interesting uh, debates going on during that hour, and uh, that's that's kind of what we wanted to touch on there with Rex. Uh, Rex, can you just give us a a, a, a quick rundown of kind of how that went? Yeah, there was that guy who uh, who ran the uh, the outlaw mod uh, sorry the mod light group from Delaware, and I'm sorry I Buck like, Buck Buck Buckholtz. That's the guy. Really nice guy. He seemed like a really bright guy. And he was going over his plans uh, to increase parity and to reduce expenses for his racers. He was going to go with sealed engines and just a couple chassis builders and so forth, which is, which probably has its merits. But as a fan, I was I made the contention that parity is overrated. When all the cars run the same speed, particularly when they start straight up, you're robbing the fans of a good show. And I was mentioning, uh, like, years ago. Think back 30 years ago when cup racing was really good. You had a couple of guys you could count on to go from the back to the front no matter what. You had you know, Richard Petty and David Pearson and so forth. And as the years went on, the cars got more and more equal to the point now where they have a hard time passing. And you have a lot more following and a lot less show. Yes, they've achieved parity, which has been their goal for many years through rules manipulation. But now you have parity. Do you have a better show than you had before? I don't think so. And and that, that was a pretty good debate uh, that went on there, and, and you can listen to that after this show tonight. But also, you know, Buck was talking about, uh, we asked him about the thing with, uh, he runs a track in Delaware, and they uh, they don't pay purses. And uh, that was a, a little bit uh, off the beaten track, too. You know, that's true, and I've been thinking about that a lot since we had that conversation. Because there's, there is some trends, like, for example, the Touring Outlaw Modifieds of Florida. Everybody gets paid the same, no matter what. And, and some groups don't get paid anything, no matter what. And, you know, there there's certain advantages to that. But then I think back, geez, man, in the old days, you know, you put up a big purse, and these guys would show up and do anything to win it, and that produced some good racing, too. So I'm, I'm not entirely sold on that, although I think that it's going to become a, a necessary reality for hobby classes at the local level to run for either very little or for uniform purses. Yeah, and uh, at, as we said, at the conclusion of tonight's show, that, that whole thing from uh, Real Racing USA Live from East Bay will be aired. The, the second half of the show that featured um, Bone Man sitting in with us. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, our next guest coming up after break, uh, Rob Lee Arnold, who was on a few weeks back, I remember they were going to go to Moroso Park and over to Sebring with the V8 stock cars. Yep. Uh, he's coming up as our, our next guest. And they, too, don't run for, for purses. They run for uh, pride and trophies, I suppose. Yeah, we, we had a race down there at the uh, at the electric car meet in Jupiter on Saturday. And uh, I'm pleased to say that the car that I'm a partner with, uh, we won the race. And, you know, we got double, double the prize money that the SCCA national champion gets. Of course, they race for free, and we got double that, but, you know, we had a good time anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I, you know, it's uh, the whole thing is, I feel, Jack, 
as as a racer that you know there needs to be some kind of purse paid for these guys if there's somebody on the other end making money. If there's not a track owner there that's making a bunch of money from people coming in the grandstand, then maybe there doesn't need to be a purse. But if you've got somebody standing at the door taking money, you know, uh, and I'm standing at the door spending money and putting on the show, then, you know, something needs to be paid. It needs to be equaled out. I think that, that uh, you know, equaling out the pay scale, you know, in some of these classes. And some of the, you know, all the classes deserve to get something because there's something to what he just said there is that the whole idea that racing was the premise of racing where it was put wasn't necessarily just for let's go out there and see, you know, who can win after we run 50 laps. Because all those guys, even in the old days, had to put a bunch of money into their vehicle when they went out there. So when they got together, sure, they raced a lot for free. But when somebody got together and charged people a bunch of money to see them get to race, they didn't go race for free. They went and raced for a purse that somebody put up. And that person put that purse up. He didn't charge them an entry fee. He didn't charge them nothing, the racer. Okay? He was as nice as he could be to them. As a matter of fact, he'd go down there and handshake extra money to these and this one and that one. That right there, my friend, is what a promoter should do. He should pay every guy the same amount of money, okay, to come race at his racetrack. But go around and maybe, you know, to the guys that do better, go out there and give them those money handshakes and stuff. And then after things work out, then go back to them big, hefty purses. That's my opinion on it. So send us your opinion at feedback at Real Racing. USA.com. Feedback at RealRacingUSA.com. Let us know what you think. Listen to the interview tonight with uh, Bone Man, Rex Hollinger, and uh, Bill Green, Rick Angie. See what you think about all that. There was some pretty interesting debates going on there. Rex, thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us here again, as always, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. And, uh, Rob, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with Lee Arnold. How about that? All right. Take it easy, Rex. See you, Rob. I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. On any given day, somewhere between 9 and 4.30, you arrive ready to bring us the world. And for an extra 20, you'll bring us porn. Naughty, naughty boy. 
Hey, you've already got the van and the jumpsuit. Why not get into criminal activity? Just a money boy. After all, what are they going to do? Throw you in cable jail? So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light manhandler of the Scrambler, because isn't it about time someone hooked you up? Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. Hey, Rob, we're back here at Real Racing USA Live. Actually, this is not Real Racing USA Live. It's live, but it's inside Florida Racing. Rob, I think we have yeah. uh, Lee Arnold uh, from the V8 Stock Car Series back on the line with us. Lee Arnold, how you doing? Great, guys. How you all doing? Good, man. Great, man. Let's, uh, let's hear about what happened at uh, PBIR, that Palm Beach International Raceway, which is the former uh, Moroso Park, and uh, right. Sebring also. That's right. We had our V8 Winter Heat Series kick off the last week. We had four races in the last week's time. And uh, PBR, uh, we had a great turnout. And um, at Sebring, we had a great turnout as well. There was over 300 SCCA road racers there uh, last weekend. And so uh, the road race is alive and well at this time. So uh, you had how many cars did you have, 300? There was over 300 in the uh, six seven different SCCA groups, uh, our particular deal had 27 cars at Sebring last weekend. Okay. Now, um, so th- those guys uh, probably like it a little bit there, don't they? Uh, the uh, SCCA uh, that were just running their regular club stuff, any of those guys uh, join in your deal and run any of those stock cars? Yeah, we run a joint weekend with the SCCA. That's how we can uh, pull this thing off fee free. Um, we're kind of a joint venture under SCCA's weekend deal, and uh, our guys have a good time with that, with all the officials and stuff from SCCA to help uh, flag. So that's the way we can put this together and make it work for everybody. You have to have an SCCA license to run your deal. That's right. Um, last weekend at uh, Sebring was uh, an SCCA event. The week prior was uh, we did a joint venture with another club, uh, Porsche BMW Club, as a um, trial effort outside the SCCA, and that went really well. As, uh, went really well, so in the future we might try some more of those type of ventures. Okay, cool. So let's talk about uh, your uh, finishing results and stuff like that. Uh, how can somebody find uh, information about your thing and the results, uh, most importantly? Right, we just... Uh, I just came in last night from Sebring, as you know, and uh, we updated the form this morning. The race results are at v8stockcar.com. On the form section, you'll find race info and some other technical information, and uh, the website also comes in handy. We have a schedule up there. We'll be updating some photos on the homepage of the race winners from this past week, uh, sometime this week, and uh, be putting a PR story out as well. I'd like to mention some of our uh, PBIR race winners, uh, Charlotte, Vermont, Dave McAvern of V8 GT1, Bob Turnage of Longwood, Florida, GT2. Uh, myself took the SPO class, and Ron Keith of Kansas took the V8 GTA class. Randy Walker out of Kentucky took the V8 class win on uh, Sunday. And then rolling over to Sebring, 
Dave McAvern pulled it off again Saturday. And Big Pine Keys, uh, Charles Wick pulled off uh, the GT1 class on Sunday. And Jay Marshall out of Brooksville, out of uh, Mike Cope's shop, won the V8 GTA class both Saturday and Sunday. How old is Rob McElhaney? Um, Rob McElhaney? I'm not too sure how old he is. I think he must be in his mid-50s, I'd say. He runs a Gator Ford up there off I-4. Yeah, I think back in the day I used to race go-karts with him. I was just looking at some of the names that are down through here. Go ahead. Keep going on your race tour while you're at it. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much a rundown of the class winners. And uh, if you'd like to look at the race, we have a racer's link, too, with uh, several of the racers uh, that you'd probably be familiar with. That's been racing around Florida for some time and also from other states as well. Are you guys running any kind of point series? Yep. Uh, matter of fact, I'm working on... Uh, the points when Jack called a little bit ago. I'm getting ready to update the standings page and put all the winter heat uh, point standings. We have a standings page right on the site. That will be updated uh, by tomorrow at the latest. Well, all right. Um, what's what's coming up next? Next, uh, March uh, 28th and 29th, we'll be moving up to CMP, that's Carolina Motorsports Park, outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And then the following month, we space our races out about a month apart. Uh, the following month, we'll be in Savannah's Roebling Road Circuit at the end of April. So that's the next couple of events we have coming up. And Lee, you got a ride for me yet? I'm ready. Oh. I'm ready to come on, man. Come on board. I see you got fast stuff. I see you all up front and all these these finishing orders. So uh, time for you to get a new car and let me drive that one. I mentioned to some of the fellows you're looking for a ride. Uh, I mentioned Tony Miko and those guys that uh, you were. <laughs> looking for somebody you need to come out and hang out in the pits there and see what you can come up with uh some people have backup cars and stuff uh jay marshall loaned uh his backup car a week or so back to uh florida racer gary grubb um that you guys know up your way sure and uh it makes for a good time the more guys on the track the better yeah rob you need to go rub shoulders elbows I don't know if I have the financial backing that Mr. Grubbs had when he went there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's right. uh, well, it all sounds fun. It all sounds exciting. And you guys just sound like you got a good uh, good deal going on. You know, um, got cars showing up. And uh, um, I, I, I want to hear it grow. You know, I want to see it grow. I want to continue to have you guys on and uh, see this thing grow. And hope you guys uh, continue on, make it big. We really appreciate the support. I'm getting quite a few calls and a lot of interest, guys putting cars together and this sort of thing, and had some calls today from Georgia, and uh, guys are putting together some equipment, and uh, they seem to want to come out and give it a shot, and we have some up-and-coming young racers uh, wanting to go into the bush. Uh, they call it Camping World East and West now, and uh, to step up to the uh, Nationwide Series. Uh, some of these young guns want to get some road race seat time, so... Uh, we're getting some calls from those kind of guys too, so it works pretty well. Yeah, just way. bring a late model. That's all you got to do. Late model, uh, <laughs> retired Arca car, retired Bush car. We have class for both of them. And super late models make tremendous road race cars. Uh, some of our super late models and retired ASA cars um, outrun some of the specialty, purpose-built road racing cars. You'd be more familiar with the Porsches and the road race Corvettes and this sort of thing. Uh, uh, the stock cars really give them a run for the money. Yeah. All right, man. A lot of people at uh, the stock cars run as well as they do on the road courses. 
All right, throw out that website one more time. we got to go. V8stockcar.com. And that's V8 just like the drink. Yep, V8likethedrink.car.com. And visit the message board and for the results and the latest uh, news and information on the series. I appreciate the support from you guys. Yeah, tell all your tell all your drivers about us and uh, to send them over to listen to this show once in a while. We'll have you guys back on soon. Next time we'll have some of the drivers on. Yeah, maybe we need to have Amico on. I imagine there might. Yeah, get us an interview with Tony for maybe even uh, other I'll, things. I'll, I'll set that up for you, and I'll put a link. Uh, just like I did two weeks ago, I put a link up to your show, and uh, many of our racers listen to it. All right, Lee. Thank you, Lee Arnold from the V8 Stock Cars. Thanks a lot, Lee. Hey, Lee. Thank you very much. Take care. Right. Hey, uh, Rob, uh, you, you got to go out there and rub, rub elbows with those guys. Uh, you, you'll get something cooking. But tonight we're going to have, uh, later on the show, next, uh, Tommy Smith from uh, Citrus County. and uh, familiar. Pure Stock, yes. they got a bunch of racing Smiths up that way. Kevin Williams is going to be on with us in a little bit. And uh, Legends Racing is growing in South Florida, and uh, Kevin's the guy helping make it grow, absolutely. Um have a new feature on tonight, Rob. Uh, two we, minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes of fame. Everybody's going to get at least a shot at two minutes of fame. If you want two minutes of fame on this show, you got to go to feedback at realracingusa.com. Send us an email, and you can get your two minutes of fame. Do they got to be a winner in order to do it? And they got to do something, man. Got to do something. Got to do something. Got to make some good spaghetti or something. Uh, something we're also going to have uh, something crazy. Carding, uh, our carding segment tonight is going to feature uh, Todd uh, Covey. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. K O V I. Huh? Sounds fine to me. He's yep. not going to mind. No, he'll be cool. He's um, used to be a drag racer before he yeah. got into carding, I guess. And uh, we're also going to have the PR guy for. Uh, Huh? He's a PR guy. Yeah, maybe. We're going to have Patrick Williams on. He's going to be racing at Ocala United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series on Friday night, which will be broadcast live on the Internet, Real Racing USA. Rick Angies will be making the calls. Um, uh, and also, we're going to have Jesse Dutilli on later on in the show. Jesse will be racing in the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour. The Super Late Model is going to... DeSoto Super Speedway this week is part of their whole icebreaker deal, and uh, Jesse's going to be driving uh, Dwayne Burris's number 33 car. He's going to talk to us. And guess what? That race is going to be broadcast live on Real Racing USA. Bill Green is going to be uh, making the deal there. And, uh, no, that's our two minutes of fame. Ms. Wicks just is in the house, Rob. Hey, Back in that. How you doing, Carol? Good, hon. How you doing? I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, Everything's good with me, uh... Jack, where'd you go this weekend? I went to Charlotte County Motorsports Park and saw the sprint cars and fast trucks, and it was a pretty good night. Now, Carol, where'd you go this weekend? That was that was Carol. That was me. I know, but I said, Jack, where'd you go this weekend? Oh, I'm you sorry. Carol, so I'm yeah. I try it the other way. Go ahead, Jack, where'd you go this weekend? I went to my phone, made preparations to go to the chiropractor this week, and I laid on a flatboard. Does that answer okay. your question? Is that more information that you perhaps wanted? So what, are you all jacked up on painkillers? Is that what this is all about? It could be. Well. He looked kind of weird. But, uh, hey, you know, and hopefully we're going to get a chance to, to get into this just a little bit, at least a little bit tonight. As usual, we got way too many guests on our show. That's, uh, be can handle that's because that's what we do. But, you know, Rob, later on, keep this in your mind because car counts, Many of the asphalt tracks have opened their season. Car counts is um, 
is uh, open to discussion and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Maybe hey, we'll have time. Let me ask Carol something. How many people were at Charlotte County Speedway this weekend, Pat? Um, I don't know how many, but it was it was pretty crowded. It was a good crowd. I could, yeah, I saw pictures. They had a pretty good crowd down there, Rob. Well, now, what did they charge? Did they stay with their ten dollar deal, or they went back to their regular? No, it's back to the twenty dollars. They had Gator Night. They had a lot of promotion on Gator Country, which is uh, Fort Myers, which is a good thing because back in the old days, I mean, the old days being three years ago and prior, uh, uh, the Fort Myers market was huge for Charlotte County Motorsports Park. By going back and getting some advertising on the radio down in that area uh, was a good thing. Yeah, I think that's not a bad. And then, of course, they still have a lot of media. I mean, Linda Jarek, as we mentioned last week, is that some of the there's still media going out there, and the staff over at the Speedway have started to get a little more aggressive about sending out stuff to the the local media. Um, they still haven't quite got the internet figured out yet, but they're working on it. They'll get there. Um, how about let's take a break, and we'll be right back. We're back. We are definitely back now on Inside Florida Racing. What's happening, Jacko? I got too many buttons to push and uh, not enough uh, brain cells left to push them. How are we doing, Rob? The best when you're the best board op in the business. Yeah, right. It's all, hey. all glory. We've got uh, Tommy Smith right out of Sixth County Speedway. Uh, how you doing, Tommy? 
pretty good. Bad, not bad. So uh, talk to us about this uh, race you had uh, over the weekend. Here it is. Hey, Tommy, here's how it was described by uh, uh, by the Maxter, uh, Larry McMillan. He said, Tommy Smith moved from his 12th starting position to put the pressure on his sponsor before before Mike uh, something or another. My oh. mind. Yeah, under the pressure in the final two laps. Anyway, experience was the winner, with Smith taking the win. and um, So you came from 12th spot to win that race. And that's your sponsor? Yeah, actually, he owns the car that I drive. <laughs> uh, he owns, actually, he owns both of them cars, and, uh, I just drive and I keep it up and I drive it for him, and, uh, it was, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you race against someone that owns that car, you know, it, it is hard, and, uh, you, you know, you try to race the clean and stuff, and you try to be real clean, and, you know, the, and he's still learning, you know, he's only, that's, I'll say that's only like his 12th race, um, so he's, you know, he's still learning a lot, too, so. Therefore, you know, you try to take him give and give him a little bit of room and everything, and you try to share as much as you can with him. But um, they're about, I was on the outside of him for about, I want to say, I was on the outside of him for about, I want to say five, six hard laps, seven laps, maybe eight laps. And then uh, I finally said, I got to go. And uh, I pinched him down a little bit, and I went on about my business. Now, that is in street stocks, pure stocks. What class is that? That's a pure stock. I usually run street stocks. I ran some super stocks before, but um, I drive a big old, it's a four-door Caprice, actually. Um, it's a big old boat. It's, it's actually probably one of the funnest, if not the funnest, car I've ever driven. So, um, you kind of like a racing family, because uh, when I was going over this with Jack, I said, is, is this guy related to the guy last week that we gave the driver of the lunch to? Yeah, yeah my brother. Yeah, it's my brother. Is there any more uh, racing Smiths that you're related to there? Uh, not yet. We got a few that's gonna probably follow our footsteps. I got a couple. I got two boys, and Richie's got two boys, so um, they're probably gonna follow our footsteps with no problem. But um, I got into it. I started working on them and building them himself, and then I drug Richie into it. And you know, he was like, "Well, I'll try it. You know, if I don't like it, then we'll get out of it. Because if I if I ain't good, I'm not gonna run in it." Um, that's just the way we've always taught to give 110 percent, and uh, that's where our dad taught us. And Has he caught up to you yet? Excuse me. Has he caught up to you yet? Actually, he's uh, he's drove a lot. He's drove longer than I have. Um, <laughs> like I said, I was in the field of pretty much just working on him. I enjoyed that a lot, and then um, he's drove a couple more years longer than I. I haven't really drove but two maybe complete years, and I started back in like 2002. I started driving. But I've never really. Uh, this, I've only ran maybe two solid years, yeah. uh, complete years. Other than that, I've been there for a while and got uh, got thrown out a couple times. And you know how it goes. You know how the racetrack stuff's all about. Well, I'll yeah. tell you. You know, supposed to be getting thrown out. Rob, Rob, I wanted to bring up. You know, Citrus didn't have. Uh, you know, it didn't have the 160 cars and all that 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 the fans have kind of been accustomed to in the last few years. But they still had some pretty good car counts in each class. I mean. I think you had 23 cars in the class you won in, uh, Tommy. Yeah, Street Stock had 23. Yeah, Street Stock had a few. In the week before, I think they had 28 in that, uh, 28 Street Stock the week before. Yeah, 23 Pure Stock. That's a lot of cars, man. Yeah. Yeah, cars. Uh, like, next week I'll start, you know, next, when we come back from the fair break, I'll start dead last, so it'll be a, it'll be a challenge. Now, what you, now that's a good deal, I think. I mean, uh, even as a racer, uh, you don't mind that, do you? Oh, I enjoy it. 
there for you know years ago, uh, like our third year in, me and Richie, uh, we we won like twenty eight out of thirty one races down there one year, and we started dead last every week. It was a dead last. If you won the week before, you had to start dead last. So I'm, I don't I enjoy it for one, it's a show for the fans, and two, it's a lot funner passing cars than it is just to start up front and ride out. Well, and then just go on. It's a lot better to pass cars. I well, enjoy it. Well, Tommy, you know, one of the things about it is we, we're always talking about the car count up there. It's still the only track, uh, asphalt track in Florida that in, like, the, you know, weekly shows, there's several classes every week that have 20-plus cars in the field. And you don't find that at any other track in Florida on the asphalts on a consistent basis. Once in a while, a track will get hit the 20 mark, but it's rare. I mean, Citrus does it routinely in, like, the pure stocks and some of these other classes. Why do you it's, think? Uh, they've had, the, you know, they've switched a couple owners different times, but they've kept the same general manager. Yeah. Uh, Don's a pretty fair guy. He's honest. Uh, he's usually that front. If you got a problem, you know, you can go right to him. And he's, he's pretty much he's going to get it solved when you all leave there. You know, he's going to sit there, he's going to talk to you a little bit, and, you may not like it, and there's times you may like it. Um, for instance, I had a call this year, you know, and they said I jumped the restart. And uh to find out, I went to Don, and he went and found out about the rest of the spotters. And come to find out, they turned it back and gave me the win. And that's just, you know, that's what it's about. you got to have communication on a little short track like that. And you got to talk to everybody. And that's, you know, Don does. He does a lot of, he does, he talks to a lot of people. And, and you got to do that. you got to talk to your drivers and let them appreciate you you're there you know, you're willing to be there, and, you know, you feel like you're there for a reason, not just a race. You're there to put a show on, too. Do you guys, have you guys had your rules changed a lot in the various classes, or are they pretty much the same year in, year out? Um, every once in a while, they'll change them up. Like in the street stocks a little bit, they uh, they let us understand them. There's no real competitive. The rules that they do change, they don't really, it's usually for the better. Uh, the street stocks, they let you understand them stuff, and, Therefore, that you know that makes it better because if you get piled up in a week before, at least you can make it back next week because your car ain't all stacked up and bent up anymore. You got a little bit more support in the car, and most of it's for the you know for the better part of it. Yeah, um, you know for the financial parts and such as that. Yeah, Carol, have you ever been to Citrus County? No, unfortunately. Let me. Yeah, you. Have you been to Citrus County? No, I haven't. It's a way, way cool place. It's small quarter mile track. It's got some banking, and when those guys get out there, they're going at it, man. It's it is an exciting place. It's a really good, exciting place to go. Well, one of these days we'll take a ride up there. Yeah, y'all come up because it is. It's a, you know the facilities are clean, the food's not bad there. It's actually a pretty decent place to go race. Mm-hmm. The people there are pretty good people. You usually don't have no problems. You know, things you know over years, you know things do change and stuff, and people change and. Uh, it, it, it's a good place to race at. You know, there's a lot of good hard racing there in just about every class. All right. And you can pass on the outside there. That's the whole thing. You know, people, you know, most of your short tracks, everybody thinks, well, you can't pass. On this one here, you can. You can pass on the outside here, no a- problem. Absolutely. Uh, Jack, let me say this. Um, grandstand, nightly, $13. Yep. Oop. Yep. Student, 12 to 17 Nine dollars. Yep. Wow. Senior sixty plus. Uh, Jack and Carol both nine dollars. Yep. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. <laughs> Here you go. Children eleven and under five dollars. Yeah. Children under forty two inches. So you could have a sixteen year old if they're under forty two <laughs> inches. They're free. So you can buy an annual pass um, for any of these deals too. That's a good deal. 
Uh, an adult annual pass is 450 bucks, and I think uh, Citrus is open uh, 43 weeks. Is that right? I think it's pretty close to that. We raced a long time, and then we also raced, um, there's a few times that we raced in January, that the winter spectacular races too. Yep, sure enough. It well, forty-five. It might be forty-five times. So you got you got one more week. You got one more week. This week coming up, uh, uh, Citrus County will be running, and then you take a month off, basically the month of March for the fair there, and then uh, get back at it. And uh, you're going after a championship this year. Uh, I wasn't going to, but I've got a lot of people. We got a lot of support behind me, and um, a lot of people that said, you, you know, you might as well go ahead and do it. You know, and I got the car to beat right now, so. The way it's looking, I've got like a 40-something point lead already, so um, I've lost a lot of you out. Well, your brother's got a leg up on you here because he won the the uh, uh, Hildebrand Jewelers Driver of the Month for January last last month, you know. So he's got a leg up on you. you got some work to do to catch up in that. Well, he should, though. I told him everything he knows. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> How excited was he about winning the award when he found out about it? He was happy. Actually, he came over yesterday and uh, you know let me know Jack was going to call me and stuff and talked and he was he was real happy to hear that he you know he was nominated for that. He was uh you know he's uh, stuff like that. You know we work for everything we have. You know we don't never really have a whole lot given to us. We work for everything and I wouldn't want it no other way. I enjoy it that way and he just seemed to learn more that way and uh, and that's that's just the way he 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 he's, uh, he was all smiles when he got off his bike and rode over and told me. All right, man. Hey. uh... Tommy, thanks a lot for spending some time with us here on Inside Florida Racing, man. Good luck this coming weekend, and we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, during the season, man. Go get them. Good luck, Tommy. Night, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, it's break time, Rob. Break time. Folks, uh, you listen to Inside Florida Racing. We'll be right back. I'm Doug Rose, owner of the Green Mamba Jet Dragster. You're listening to Real Racing USA on Short Track America. Be there.
two minutes of fame. Uh-oh. It's time for two minutes of fame. Two minutes of fame you get on Inside Florida Racing. Rob, who you got this week for our two minutes of fame segment? First time that he's won in the modified there at Charlotte County Speedway. Who is that? We Tony cut Tony Carino. Oh, Tony Carino. Two minutes of fame, man. Go for it. You got two Excuse minutes. Excuse me, but this is Tony the Tiger Carino. Well, you know him a little better than us this time. <laughs> Even though I do know Tony. All right, Tony, you got two minutes, man. What's happening? How y'all doing? We're doing good. I mean, uh, we was on the show uh, halfway through last year with the uh, controversial Phil Morris L.B. Skaggs finish one night. and uh, Everybody said keep digging, so that's what we did, and we finally pulled one off Saturday night, opening night. It was great. Oh, you won. You won the feature. He yep. sure did. First, win, and... uh, first official win in the, a year and a half in the modified, so paid off. Was, uh, was Phil Morris in there? No, but L.B. Skaggs was. <laughs> was the Rocket Man there? Did you beat him? No, the, the Rocket Man actually uh, came with me and uh, wrenched on my car that night. Really? <laughs> well, you need to give a big thanks to him, I guess. There's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. Him and that Bill came, uh, and uh, they uh, really didn't do a whole lot different than, than, than we've been doing. Uh, but uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne's, uh, Wayne can coach a man and get him pumped up. That being Wayne Jefferson. That's right, the Rocket Man. The Rocket Man, all right. Tony, do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank while you're on? Uh, I sure do. Uh, K&K Racing Engines, uh, Kenny Hahn, he uh, he uh, builds the horsepower, uh, Scotty McClendon Carburetors, uh, Circle C's Ranch, and uh, especially Mark Stroud, Heavy Equipment Repair. Mark's been with me uh, every race I've gone to, except, uh, unfortunately, the the race uh, Saturday night he didn't make. and. uh <laughs> He wasn't there with us in Winter Circle, so that was a bummer. Well, it was a great race and a great win, and I know there's more coming. And your car looks beautiful. Thank you. And uh, i got to give a shout-out to Miss uh, Wick. She she does so much for that racetrack down there, people just don't realize. But uh, they need to put her on the payroll and make her the PR. <laughs> there you go. No, nah, that's okay. I'd rather volunteer. <laughs> yeah, because if they get on the payroll, then you have to show up. Well, yeah. Time. All right. A lot for a lot of people, especially the racers, and I, I don't know, but uh, I really appreciate it. Well, there's much more coming your way now, Tony. Now that you've had your two minutes of fame here on Inside Florida Racing, we we just we just know there's a whole lot more coming. To Where you. are you racing next week? Uh, we're gonna hold off. We ran Inverness the, the week before, and uh, it, it was kind of brutal. But uh, we're probably gonna wait and either come back to Charlotte. I would say in a couple of weeks, whenever they have them again. Yeah. Ooh. All right. There you have it, Tony Carino in the first ever two minutes of fame on Inside Florida Racing. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Night, Tony. Bye-bye, honey. Your two minutes of fame. <laughs> on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine 
Why on earth? Why on earth we uh, we chose that particular music to go along with the uh, two minutes of fame, Rob? I, I really have no idea. It must be the <clears throat> it must be the medication. I I don't know. <laughs> well, you'll get it. You'll get it straight. I'm sure you'll find maybe uh, a different Johnny Cash song to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we got Kevin Williams on the uh, line with us right now. Speaking of the line. Um, Talk to us about Legends Racing, uh, Kevin. Well, Legends is uh, picking up down here in South Florida. I'll tell you, we had a pretty good turnout for our first points night, opening night at, at Charlotte County Motorsports Park. We put uh, 12 Legends on the track, and we had five Bandoleros. So we had 17 cars that uh, 600 Racing, you know, we put together and got got down here. So it's uh this is our second year starting so we're looking for big things this year even though the economy's down it looks like uh from what i've been hearing from people that i've got interest kevin how did you start with legends i know you used to race an open wheel and you were pretty hot there on the track but what got you started on the legends well the legends uh basically uh we started in the bandoleros which is a feeder class to the legends cars uh Started Josh at, pulled him out of the quarter midget division after two years, and uh, and went to the Bandoleros. <clears throat> was one of the first to make the jump uh, down here to him, and uh, actually bought our first car off of Tom Piazic when he owned the Legends series, and he was the only dealer in Florida at that time. But anyway, um, uh, the the Bandoleros we we traveled with those and. The Legends was the next step up, and we, we was noticing, you know, who we was seeing at the racetrack in the Legend cars and thought, wow, you know, uh, looks like this might be the road to, to travel to maybe make it. Josh wants to be uh, my son, Josh Williams, who's wanting to be a, a professional race car driver. And so we took that step that way, and we've been away from Charlotte County traveling uh, basically about the last, I think I hung up my helmet in 2001, the end of 2001. I won the last truck race at Charlotte County Speedway and hung my helmet up and stayed with him traveling. And so that's how that worked. So how's he done? Well, <clears throat> he's progressed real well. In 2005, uh, he's a national champion in the Bandolero division. He got his name on a T-shirt along with uh, the likes of, of uh, David Reagan you got James Buescher in his column, uh, Joey Logano. He's in the same column on a T-shirt, uh, which is a famous T-shirt with 600 racing for the Nationals they have each year. And Josh was a winner of that in 05 in Nashville, Tennessee, and won a guitar. So he done real well, moved from there on up into the Legends, and, and he was Florida State champion in 07 in the semi-pro division along with the youngest driver ever to win the PBG Touring Series in the state of Florida. So he's had some success, and now we're moving on into the trucks with him and still sticking with the legends because uh, I think it was two years ago, Kyle Busch at Lowe's Motor Speedway 
come running in there, and his dad had his legend car on open trailer. He comes in, flies in from a test somewhere, needs a place to put his uniform on. He jumps in our trailer, throws his uniform on, jumps in the car, and goes out there on the track. And we thought that was cool. And uh, so you, yeah, they're a good learner uh, piece of equipment to, to teach you throttle control and car control. You got 148 horsepower with with 13-inch uh, radial tires, so and about a six-to-one steering box. So you can imagine how that is. It, it, didn't you help out uh, Will Case? Sure, did you put somebody else in one of those cars? Those no. Will Cagle. Will Cagle actually uh, uh, drove a car that we done for him up at the up at the Lowe's Summer Shootout this last year and done real well in the Masters division. But we've we've helped a few drivers out uh, uh, down this way and getting them going in that division. What ever happened with Cody? He ever do anything in that division? Cody run fourth the other night. Uh, he had a little problem with his brakes. He boiled his brakes, which is the easy thing to do on a track like uh, a flat track and. Cody's really only run maybe a handful of races in them cars, but he's getting the hang of it, and he's doing real good. Yeah, I think it's real tough for him because, you know, there there is a difference between a stock car and those cars, and when you get used to driving some of them heavy street stocks and stuff, then you go out there and get in that little light car, there is definitely a difference. Oh, there's a big difference, and a lot of guys look at them, and they look at them, and they say, oh, them things, you know, you know, I've seen people just shake their head, but, you know, I thought that, and... I thought, honestly, you know, I could probably drive about anything. And uh, I remember a person told me one time, Mark Martin told me, he said, between a bandolero and a legend, that's the two hardest things you'll ever drive. And I, I don't think uh, Mark would mind me saying that because I believe that come from his mouth. So anyone who thinks that, that uh, legend cars not is just an easy easy task to do, they're more than welcome. I rent them, and, and the first practice is for free. They're more than welcome uh, I think even the best late model drivers in Florida, if they haven't sit in the legend car, they really don't know what what they're missing. There are there are race car drivers all up from all over the country who've made it all the way to the big top and everywhere in between. Very very successful people that will say exactly what you you just described to, to, to Mark Martin. We hear it all the time in interviewing these kids. And Do you? People have come up. Oh sure, I mean. Uh, there's so many uh, stars out there that have made it up to through the ranks to the Craftsman Trucks and the Bush Series and and all that that and, and even the Cup that raced in Legends started in Legends that it shouldn't even be a point of argument anymore. No, it's definitely. Uh, I drove one of those cars right when I got out of my karting race, kart racing uh, days, and before I started racing street stock. When you got horsepower and you got small wheelbase. You got something that constantly is fighting you to spin out. Yeah, and you're so, sitting three and a half inches off the ground in that short wheelbase, like you said. It's uh, it's definitely it's a challenge. It's a real challenge, and I tell you, it makes these uh, the drivers, uh, young, old, and in between, who gets in them uh, when they do get out of them and get in something else, they're like relaxed. Uh, they're they're smoother on the wheel. They're smoother on the throttle. They can run more out race tracks. They can run a harder compound tire better. They just all around uh, it improves your your driving skills. Well, Josh makes it look so easy. Everybody thinks it is because of him. <laughs> well, you know, not just because he's my son, but he's he's had a lot of laps and, and he's done Josh great. A lot of different racetracks all across the United States. Uh, 
last year, uh, year before last, we took him all the way to Las Vegas, and out of 86 participants, he qualified uh, fifth and made the field on qualifying, and he finished second in the race. Um, so for a kid for South Florida, which it's hard to get recognition being from Florida, you know, I don't know what that what's about that, but it's uh, sometimes it's tough being from down here, way down here in the south, but, uh, you know, the Allisons used to run down here and some others, and so... Uh, I believe one day you'll see some more stars come out of South Florida. How equal are the cars, Kevin? Um, really, they're very equal. Uh, there's not much you can do to them. There's different tire cutters, which some tire cutters say are they're better than others. But, you know, uh, basically they're sealed engines, 1250 Yamaha sealed. There is a 1200 open motor that you can build, and there's restrictions to it. But uh, tech, that's one thing about the uh, the inex racing and 600 uh, they have a rule book they stand by it they have tech inspectors at each track and really the only thing you can do is work on the carburetors a little bit which are still a carburetor rule and uh other than that there's not much you can do uh everything's a spec and everything's sealed and uh, you're allowed one brake bias and like i said there's there's really not much you can do other than different setups and different drivers different styles so it really puts the driving uh in the in the crew chief it puts it in their hands more than someone being able to out money someone with a, a bigger motor better motor or different engine builders all engines are built in-house now at 600 they have their own engine shop and they do a real good job at that and uh you know, it's I, I've seen the racing get really close, you know, but uh, experience is the best thing I can say that makes one car better than the other is the more experience you get in one, the better you get. Well, you know, there's so many choices. Like, uh, say, uh, somebody's bringing their uh, their youngster um, out of, uh, say, carts, and they're, they're going to start racing uh, on the circle tracks, say, here in Florida. There's so many different choices of cars or vehicles that go racing in. What are some of the reasons why you would say they should uh, legends should be at the top of the list? Well, if if you're looking, you know, to to move up to a ASA series or a UAR series, a past series, uh, the Camping World uh, series, something to that nature, uh, I feel like the the legends cars are are a step in the right direction to get you to the next level that you want to be at if you're looking to to expand into trying to become a professional race car driver or if you're just looking to be, you know, you, you know you're not going to make it there and you just want to be a good late model driver one day and you want to you you want to be in the late model series but you need to take a stepping stone the legends will just I feel like uh, you know and and the cup te- the cup drivers speak for themselves uh, the younger ones that's gone through this program from the Bandoleros to the Legends uh, right into a 3,500-pound cup car has proven that they can win and, and do good with without other series. Of, you know, you can skip over a lot of things after the Legends. There you go. And they're, and they're also reasonable. You, you learn a lot for a lot less money spent. Uh, so it's it's very economical and it's challenging and it's it's I've driven one twice now and I tell you uh, like I said the the adrenaline you get the rush of a race car driver and and I started in Indiana in in 1984 at Anderson Speedway and I'll tell you uh, 
when I drove that thing the first time I got out of it, and I went, whew, yeah, what have I been missing? That's the feeling I wanted to feel, you know. It's been a long time, but, yeah, they are, they're exciting. There's a reason why they're on, uh, on television. Yes, there is. All right. I'll tell you what, man, thanks a lot for spending some time with us here on this whole deal and, and telling us about it. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, as the, the season goes on, because we certainly want to want to keep keep bringing this to the attention of Florida fans. It's something that we we noticed, you know, a few years ago, I, I several years ago, I was involved a lot in coverage of the Hooters Pro Cup. And I, I first ran across the, the how this whole concept of the legends cars back then because i'm interviewing all these top drivers in the pro cup the younger ones and so many of them came out of legends and uh, you know after a while you just begin to see the trend and you know we feel that that we need to have a little more emphasis on this series and this kind of racing here in florida i i agree with you 100 percent, and maybe we can get the the respect that the florida drivers uh do deserve because there is there's a lot of talent down here in florida that that gets overlooked uh, for some odd reason, but uh, I think the the bigger the series is get with the with the legends cars and the up drivers we have now in it. Uh, I like I said, I think one day you'll see some some Florida drivers in Cup and and making a uh, a race for the chase. All right, thanks a lot, Kevin. We'll uh, Kevin Williams with the uh, Legends Racing here in South Florida, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Right. Night, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, Rob, once again, there's there's more than one way to get it done, huh? That's right. Yeah. One one way to get it done. Uh, that's a name I think that you just might hear, Josh Williams. You just might hear that name coming up. I think you're right. We're going to have him on here in a few weeks and uh, some of the other legends drivers around Florida uh, as well. But uh, Josh is certainly one that we want to have on uh, Inside Florida racing. So we're, we're running a little late here, Rob. We got to catch up, man. It's time to go karting. Let's take a break. Come right back with our karting segment, huh? All right. You listen to Inside Florida racing. We'll be right back. following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. 
Hill takes a look to the inside of Jerry Farrell, not going to be able to make the pass as they go down into turn number one for the last time. Up onto the back straightaway, it's still John Wilson out in front, Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill, the top three. Bobby Vaughn looks to the inside of Hill, going to make one last shot at it. No, he blows the tire or something off. Loses position there, and down the front straightaway, it's Juke and John Wilson with the win over Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill. Inside Florida Racing. It is Inside Florida Racing. I'm Jack Smith here with Carol Wicks and Rob. Yes, I'm the, here, Rob Elting. The That's Bonehead <laughs> Elting. That's right, the Bonehead, and uh, you are listening to the carding segment. And tonight, um, do you have music for the carding segment, Mr. Bordop? No, no, actually, I, I, I'm just like, I don't have it ready, man. All right, well. Yeah. I hope Todd is okay with that. We've got Todd Covey. Did I say it right? Is it Covey? Yep, that's right. Todd Covey. Um, Todd's a former drag racer with the NHRA and uh, currently is the uh, PR person um, for um, FKCS, right? Yes, Florida Karting Championship Series. Now, uh, talk to us a little bit about um, what you do and... uh, how karting has uh, helped your life out. So uh, we got into karting about uh, three years ago. My son has had this uh, burning desire to get behind the wheel, but uh, since he was only five, uh, trying to teach him how to bracket race and the fact that he wouldn't be able to get into a junior dragster until he was eight anyway uh, kind of preempted that. So uh, we were out at uh, a couple of... Uh, events out at uh, Moroso, which is now Palm Beach International Raceway, and they had the karting uh, stuff going on, and we saw that, and it looked like a, it looked like it was very interesting. Uh, it definitely offered a lot more seat time than uh, making one shot down the uh, quarter mile or sure. mile. And uh, so we, uh, we got into that, and uh, he started out when he was five, and, of course, I've driven just about anything, so... Uh, I wasn't far behind in purchasing a cart for myself after uh, we got him going. Now, um, I see that you're the two-cycle uh, director, which two-cycle is always what I... The senior two-cycle director, does that mean for the old guys? Uh, not really the old guys, anybody who's 15 years and older. Oh, okay. So uh, we, could, we, could say, we could say it was the uh, old... We call Some of the classes we like to joke around and say they're old fat guy class but uh, uh you know we got every we got everybody out there uh running and uh, you'd be surprised uh, i'm gonna make you laugh todd that's the that's the senior uh two cycle heavy or extra heavy class which usually falls in all the old fat guys yeah well you know we got some guys out there that would uh they would actually like an extra heavy class but uh we only have a heavy class again I'm sure everybody knows that uh, as you get older, for some unknown reason, the scales keep getting uh, uh, more up there. No matter how little uh, I tend to eat or drink, so is it still 350 pounds in the cart, or what do you guys do for a heavy? Uh, there's a couple of different classes as far as heavy goes. Uh, there's a tag heavy, which the the real popular sprint uh, two cycle carts now are basically touch and go. So it's an electric start setup. Uh, and heavy there depends on the engine that you're running. So they, they give a, a weight handicap based on the engine, and uh, that works out pretty good. It keeps the uh, field pretty close. 
so the racing's tight and they don't get too spread out. You guys still use the KT100F Yamaha? Uh, Yamaha classes, sure. They're pretty popular. Uh, the it seems to be uh, kind of dying off a little bit. Uh, I honestly think you're going to see a little bit of a resurgence. It's uh, a, a very economical class to run. Uh, there's lots of spare parts out there. There's a lot of good motor builders out there for those uh, engines, uh, and uh, there's uh, a lot of popular uh, a lot of popularity with kind of our junior level classes. With that, we we end up with some solid fields there and uh interesting that you bring that uh the kt100 up we actually uh and i was listening to the the conversation about the legends our uh champion and junior uh, uh yamaha uh, super can from last year is uh cody johnson and he's moving on to legends this year so he's gravitating out of the carding and trying to get into the real deal so to speak well that's that's what um you know, the whole karting segment was based upon is uh, trying to give another angle because so much we hear the angle of the young kid's got the father that's got enough money that buys him a race car, and he's out there racing it. And more and more I see the, the kids whose father put them in some kind of racing prior, usually in go-kart racing, uh, become a better racer at a younger age. We've got quite a few of them that are in the 13, 14, 15, you know, 16-year range. It all came from karting, who are great race car drivers in their own right already. And um, that's that's what we'd like to see more people, you know, look at. Instead of going and go buying this car and taking it out of the track and spending so much money on, you know, fixing it because you crash it all the time and then cause other people issues, learn how to drive something first and then, you know, go on from there. So. Yeah, and I, I think that's a that's a really uh, great point, especially with the amount of race craft that these kids have under their belt before they even move up the cars and you know frankly there's a, a i've been around racing for probably 30 years and you know you watch somebody out there they'll go uh, take a class go to skip barber or something like that uh you know they can turn a pretty quick lap time but they just don't have the race craft they don't have that time that track time under their belt and know what to do in any type of situation when they're out there racing wheel to wheel so Total different, uh, total different scenario, and and the karting is definitely uh, a great baseline. Uh, it's a great place for these kids to learn sportsmanship and uh, really understand all the uh, different aspects uh, of racing. Because there's it's a lot more than just jumping behind the wheel and either going left or getting out on a sprint track and trying to get to the finish line first for sure. Who uh, is in charge of this uh, FKCS deal, though? you know, behind the whole thing? Who started it? I'm not exactly sure who started FKCS. Uh, From what I understand, it's one of the longest uh, uh, regional uh, kart series in the country in various forms. It's kind of uh, been around, I think, for about 20 years in different different names and whatnot. Uh, It is a, we are a traveling series, and we are a regional points transfer series for, uh, WKA, which is World Karting Association. So uh, we have a lot of our drivers actually run the Manufacturers Cup, and uh, their points will transfer to uh, that series uh, in, in addition to the fact that it's a higher level than a club racing where you're getting more entry-level carters. Most of our carters 
have a substantial amount of experience or at least a couple of years under your belt. So you'll see some of the more talented drivers uh, in our series and then uh, some of the newer uh, folks that get involved are looking for that extra level of, of competition to push themselves and, and uh, further their, their racing career. Uh, talk about the tracks a little bit that you're going to have upcoming here. Is uh, Homestead, uh, Ocala, Monticello. That's in Monticello, Florida. I've never heard of that track before. Talk to me a little bit about that racetrack. Uh, Monticello is a track. Uh, it's just east of Tallahassee. Yeah. Right. And uh, that was a track that was actually designed uh, with... Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya was part of the uh, design group that built that track, designed it and built it. And uh, it's uh, really configurable. Uh, it's a great track to run. So a little bit over, a, uh, I think it's about 1.2 mile uh, course. And uh, it's definitely challenging. It's a very fast track. Uh, and as you know, some of these sprint carts, uh, and especially the shifters, are running uh, over 100 miles an hour on some of these uh, on some of these uh, raceways, especially uh, uh, Jacksonville 103rd Street karting, uh, which is uh, great. They got a great club up there, North Florida Kart Club, and uh, they're a great host to us uh, every year. They've also hosted uh, WKA Gold Cup races and the Manufacturing Cup race there. But that is a very very fast track. It's, uh, the kids like to call it the NASCAR track because it's got banked. Uh, got bank turns in it so when you uh make a uh left turn in a in a bank on the end of the long straight and you're doing about 80 miles an hour uh and there's no letting up until you hit the flat part uh you know either you're doing it or you're not so todd you're killing it separates me. the men from the boys todd todd you're killing me man you were doing i was doing fine i'm sitting here listening to you to talk this and about the the, the monticello and everything's cool and all of a sudden, when you said that, I actually pictured sitting on the ground going 100 miles an hour on bank track. <laughs> this is scary, man. Oh, Jack, let me tell you something. This track <laughs> that he's talking about, the 103rd Street Complex, has a straightaway, okay, where on a go-kart. All right, when I used to run the twins, okay, we would go there, and we would run down that back straightaway. And I'm telling you, we would be going 130 miles an hour oh when we God. got the end of that straightaway and you make a left-hand turn at the end of that straightaway okay and it's a bank turn your brain's telling you to slow down you're driving there a ton more than that then you're six inches off the ground corner and you're six inches off the ground six inches you wish you were six inches <laughs> when you're as fat as i am you were lucky to have two inches off the ground <laughs> so that place that and i uh. talked about it before um uh, todd on the show is that that racetrack is just—it always sticks out to me because it's, 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 it's a, a city-owned or county-owned racetrack. It's like a park, and yeah, uh, I always park. remember when we used to go there and race. It was one of the coolest places we could go, and it was one of the fastest racetracks that you could ever stick a go kart on. And it's amazing to me that it's still running. Yeah, and they got a—I mean, the North Florida Car Club does just an awesome job up there. It's all volunteer, so they get their folks out there to take care of the track and they have an annual cleanup and uh you know so they do take really good care of it uh it is like you said i mean it's just probably the fastest track that we're on and uh like you said the 
you know, shifters are hitting, the ICC shifter on there is hitting probably about 125 miles an hour going into that left-hand corner. The kids love it. It's the, one of the few tracks that you can really set up a good draft pass on. And uh, so it gives a little bit of variety. I mean, uh, one of the things is, you know, being part of a, uh, a traveling series is that all our drivers get challenged uh, each race. And in addition to the fact that we don't always run the same configuration, these tracks are nice because most of them, uh, if not all, uh, we can set it up for a different configuration. So it's a, instead of ending up with a bunch of drivers who really know the track and dominate, uh, we can throw a twist in there, uh, which we uh, always do, so that uh, if you don't show up for Friday practice, you're probably not going to be as, as, as good as you think you are when you've been running there uh, time and time again. So, uh, you know, we have to do that. It makes it interesting and then obviously keeps people wanting to come back because they never know what's going to happen. So uh, we said Homestead, Ocala, 103rd there in Jacksonville, Monticello. Now, are you guys running there at uh, the Old Moroso? Uh, right now, we don't have anything set up. We haven't run there in about the past two years. It is a uh, it is a nice facility, but they've gone through and redone uh, a whole bunch, so uh, we don't know that we're going to be able to get in there for this year. Uh, we do have one of our tracks on the schedule. We're trying to come up with uh, uh, let the membership vote on it and see where they all want to go. Uh, with the economy the way it is, we just felt that... Uh, it might be best to see what the majority of the membership wants and, uh, you know, uh, go in that direction. Todd, that was an open class? We do not have an open class. We run classes that are aligned with WKA rules. Uh, we also run uh, Easy Cart, which is a, a spec racer, two-cycle, uh, Burrell chassis. With uh, They come in a variety of sizes, 60cc, 100cc, 125cc. Uh, they're one of our series sponsors for this year. Uh, Ocala Grand Prix is another series sponsor. Uh, we do run Rotax classes, which that's another uh, spec uh, series. And uh, our shifters we run under Supercart USA rules. So we try to offer something for everybody, but an open class is uh, not something right now we've considered or, or, or think we have enough time in the yeah, weekend. To I was just consider. wondering if they still had that because our – of those used to be exciting to see all the different uh, configurations of uh, motors and uh, stuff that got yeah, Todd, uh, Todd, the, 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 the uh, stock car, you said something about the economy, and I, I wanted to ask you about that because um, in Florida, uh, maybe about half of the asphalt tracks have started their 2009 regular point season, and um, car counts are, at least in the opening weeks, substantially off of, of what they would normally be. Um, and all indications are, of course, that this has to do with the economy and what we're dealing with here. It, 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 what is the – how has this have been affecting um, the karting racing, or is it too early to tell? Uh, right now, um, for us anyway, because I can only really speak to – uh, FKCS. I mean, I, I go out to some of the other club races just to see what's going on. Uh, they've Most of the club races haven't really started, but we went to an online registration that most SCCA, BMW clubs are using, and right now for Homestead, uh, as it stands, we have record uh, entries 
for uh, where we would normally be at this point in time before a race. So, uh, honestly, I, I think it may definitely affect, uh, you know, cart counts in the long run. Again, we try to keep our costs really low. Uh, we haven't raised prices uh, or entries in a long time. It's, it's something that we try to uh, keep affordable. Again, this is a membership-owned uh, uh, series. So basically, we don't, we're, not, we're not in it to make money. Uh, only the tracks make money. Uh, we pay all our workers. Uh, the, uh, the board members are volunteer positions. And basically, uh, you know, we want to make it affordable enough so that families can keep coming out and uh, have a good time racing with us. Um, so, uh, I, you know, honestly, I would say maybe the more expensive uh, type series out there, you're going to see some drop off in the numbers for sure. But uh, hopefully, with the carding, we can uh, keep it reasonable enough uh, to keep the counts up. Jack, it looks like they got lots of uh, carters involved in their deal. I mean, some of their classes look like they got 40 carts in them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we get some pretty good cart counts. Right now, we're hovering uh, just around 100 entries for Homestead which uh, is probably about 50% better pre-registration than what we would normally do. But I've also been getting some calls from some of the uh, WKA road racers, these guys that get out on the do the lay-down cart thing and go out on, like, Road Atlanta and whatnot in, in some of these carts. And, uh, you know, just with the cost of travel, they've indicated they really want to convert back and run a, a state series like FKCS We've got the competition for them. They've got a cart, and, you know, instead of traveling all over the U.S., maybe they take a break for a year, and but they still get the seat time and, and do a little bit something different than getting out on a road track. All right. Well, it sounds good, Todd. Uh, got a nice little series going there. Uh, for you folks listening, it's, it's an asphalt series. Obviously, we've talked about these. Um, we've talked about dirt and asphalt stuff, but this is the asphalt series that runs around, and... Um, Anything else you want to throw out there real quick? we got to go, Todd. Yeah, if I could just uh, uh, thank all our sponsors real quick. They're the ones that really help make this happen and uh, uh, keep it going and help keep our costs under control. Uh, I, I mentioned our, our series sponsors, and we have sponsors for each of the classes, and these folks step up and have done so in the past and just wanted to uh, throw their names out there real quick. Uh, AAA, Sod and Supply, they're in Lake Worth. Florida, Brett Thompson Financial, Raymond James, Connery Concrete, Divine Designs, Go Designs, our webmaster, Gary Osterholt, Homestead Karting, Ignite Your Life, K2 Trophies and Awards, Kart Tech Motorsports, Monticello Karting, North Florida Kart Club, On Track Ministry, you guys may know Pastor Todd Shaw or yep. Rick Barnes, they get out to a lot of races, RDD Motorsports, Roping Racing, Ricer Racing, Speedcom, uh, racing communications, and uh, of course, I'm sure a lot of the uh, circle track and cart, uh, champ car guys recognize uh, TS Racing. Yeah, if you guys want to check out any information about uh, the uh, racing that we've been talking about, check out FLWKA Sprint Series.com, and uh, you can get information about where their schedule is and where they're going to be racing. Um, let me do some karting news real quick. Uh, the National Maxi Dirt 
Series opened their 2000 season in Jasper on Saturday. Uh, two biggest money winners were Jack uh, Kicklider, who won 1000 in the Pro Junior Stock Race uh, for the drivers ages 12 to 15, and Jerry Mullis, who won 1500 in the Pro Stock Class for the ages uh, 15 and older. Congratulations to both of those guys. Um, J.D. Corden won the uh, DeSoto Champ Park Series race at DeSoto Super Speedway this past Saturday night. Alan McKinney was second. Bo Howard finished third. Uh, the WK Florida Dirt Division season opens this Saturday at the small dirt track on the grounds of the Volusia County Speedway near Barberville. They're expecting big turnout for carters and vendors. For more information, please visit their website, WKAFDDS.com. Todd, I really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Sure, and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about FKCS. Yes, and uh, we'll have you or somebody with your organization on again, and uh, you guys have fun racing and uh, keep supporting racing with those kids out there. They need it. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Todd Kobe, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And uh, you. this this carding segment, of course, each week is brought to you by the uh, DeSoto Champ Carts, and uh, it's. Uh, DeSoto Champ Carts, uh, Mike Portman. We couldn't be doing this without his help. And uh, of oh, I got some big news from Mike Portman that I got while we were on the air. Really he's excited? He's really? all excited, and so am I. Really, and the folks out here listening that love open wheel racing will be um, David Letterman's driver in the IRL with two cart wins and one IRL win. Ryan Hunter Ray will be a guest on our show on an upcoming night. Whoa, very good. Where very you good. go. Yeah. How about that? Thanks to Mike Portman. Um, appreciate it, Mike. Working hard out there with carding news and carding information. You know, uh, it takes uh, a lot of different hands out there to uh, put these shows together, and uh, looks like he's got us a good one. All right. We'll be right back with uh, we still are going to talk tonight to Patrick Williams, uh, going to be racing at Ocala in the opening uh, night there, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series, and also Jesse Tutilli, who will be racing in the uh, ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour at DeSoto. We'll be right back.
coming back out of the twilight zone here. Jack Smith, Carol Wicks, Rob Elting, inside Florida Racing. Is that golden earring? Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, hey, hey uh, Rob, we ha- we have to have uh, a little piece of uh, salacious gossip for those in our uh, audience every week who we know there is at least a certain segment of our audience that's just waiting for some salacious gossip coming out of inside Florida Racing. Uh, let's see. How about Rodney Davis uh, got into it with somebody at the track at Auburndale Speedway, and and and, the, and he had to be, I think. Now we don't know if this is totally true, but we have people that have told us that he, who were there, who said that he was asked to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he hadn't gotten it all out of his system from the previous week with the figure eights. I guess, huh? Oh, you mean this isn't? We're not talking about last. This is this week. Oh yeah. Where was he at this week? Auburndale. Oh, I thought they went ahead and booted him for good. No, 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 no. Nobody ever gets booted no, for no, good. No, no, Nobody ever gets booted for good. But uh, anyway, this week, that was our little piece of salacious gossip. But uh, uh, this week at uh, Friday night, it's going to get going again. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and Ocala Speedway. Ocala starts off its whole deal this year. And, and uh, Carol, introduce our next guest. This is an exciting guest. This is one of the toughest, hardest racers in the state of Florida. Patrick Williams, welcome. How y'all doing? <laughs> Good, I'm doing great. What have you been up to lately? Oh, trying to trying to race a little bit. I ain't had much luck lately, but we've been trying. Oh no. Track here a little bit, you know. What's the problem, Doc? He sounded like a bass fisherman. It's just they're not biting. <laughs> Yeah, I think I left all my bait at home, I think. <laughs> not the way it feels here lately, I'm telling you. I don't know. Your dirt, your dirt racing's not going good? I just kind of got a monkey on my back. You know, I, everything that can go wrong seems to be going wrong. We've been trying to travel around, you know, trying to run Ray Miller's National Late Model deal there a little bit. And, man, every time we take a step forward, we take six back, it feels like. So we're going we're gonna to back up and regroup, stay a little closer to home this week, see if we can make something out of it. You've been having to build some cars? You've been having that kind of problem? No, uh, just we had a little bit of motor problems this past week, and we went to we went to Brunswick for the um, Brunswick, Georgia, for the Super Bowl up there, and set fast time opening night, got rained out, so they restarted everything the next night, and we had a shock problem that kind of kind of got away from us there, and couldn't figure out exactly what the problem was and missed the show two nights, kind of chasing our tail around there you know we finally figured it out the last night kind of got back on track there a little bit but you know just growing pains i think me trying to learn a lot about the dirt stuff how you liking that dirt you like it better than asphalt still oh man i tell you what it's me and jack smith was talking about it earlier it's <laughs> it's, it's something i'll tell you what the, the racing's just uh, you know when you show up at the racetrack i mean if there's if there's forty guys there, you know you got to outrun thirty of them. I mean, there's thirty of them can win on a given night, you know, and it's a it's a tough deal. Nobody likes yeah. a challenge better than you. Well, I'd, I'd like to see it that way. That's for sure. And Ocala's gonna it'll it'll pose one of the toughest challenges of the year. I can promise you because everybody that's anybody will be there, you know. And that that place in itself is a little challenging without you know without throwing all the all the big sharks in the pool. Per se, you know. Have you practiced out there yet, Patrick, on that no. racetrack with the dirt car? I, I raced there last year. He, you did that memorial race. Right. The last night of the year last year, I, 
I run second to Mark White, and I started. I think I started fifteenth in the feature and run second right. to him. Mm-hmm. So when uh, after driving back on there, after driving at the asphalt, you know, we, I'm sure we talked about it then, man. Does, does it give you an, an advantage at all with being as good as you were on the asphalt there with the dirt now? You know, <laughs> that place is so odd. Anyway, I mean, I know people that won't go there because of the shape and more when it was asphalt than now. I mean, I know guys when it was asphalt that just, you know, they'd, they'd rather stay home than go there. And for some odd reason, I always seem to get around there pretty decent, you know. And it's funny because you go to the dirt, and at the end, of, by the end of the night, you're kind of you're kind of in the same lane you run when it was asphalt, you know. <laughs> I mean, you can run other lanes, but I always seem to find myself kind of in the same track there, you know. Because it still feels like you're going to tear the wall down when you come well, off. Well, Patrick, you've been doing this for a minute now, so let me ask you this. <laughs> You know, these guys go out on the uh, – we were talking last week uh, over at New Smyrna watching the uh, the Pedor Memorial 100-lap uh, super late model race there. And some of the guys were talking about, you know, it's like if, if on the asphalt, if a guy comes out there, you either got a car or you don't. Maybe in 100 laps, maybe something will come to you later in the race. But basically, you either got a car or you don't. Whereas on dirt, is it really true that you can go out and take a bad car and still make something out of it? You know, in in certain instincts you can, but the competition's so stiff anymore. I mean, these guys are, you know, you got you got guys now that are you know, they got guys that work full time in the shop and they go to the racetrack with them. And pretty much, I mean, you're going you're going to have to be close. I mean, you can take not only asphalt. I mean, if you're if you're off by more than just a touch, you're in bad shape. I mean, you can be off a little more in a dirt car and make up for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to hustle now. I'll guarantee you that. You know, and a lot of the dirt deal that's different from the asphalt deal is tire choice. You know, they let you run a couple of different compounds and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, and that does have a lot to do with it. You know, the well, like I was talking about the last night at Ocala earlier, you know, Mark Wagner started a little closer to the front. He was on a softer tire than I was, you know, and his tire was kind of giving up, but he was so far out front that I, could, I couldn't catch him. And I was on a harder tire, you know. And that's got a lot to do with the dirt deal. We're on the asphalt. Everybody's on the same, you know, everybody's kind of pinned to the same thing. Well, that was an exciting race. And, and coming in second to Mark Whitener, I mean, Mark's a tough customer. He he may not make a lot of noise, but Mark's always there. If he's in the race, he's usually running up front there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of, I mean, you know, and with the dirt deals, a lot like the asphalt. I mean, you got, you know, you got certain guys that when they roll in the gate, you know, you got to beat them, you know, it don't, no matter where you're at. I mean, you take your Johnny Collins. I mean, it's a perfect example right there. I mean, he went to Punta Gorda last week, last year, and put on a clinic. <laughs> hey, did you... Is that what you call that? <laughs> that that stuff anywhere he goes. You yeah. Know? And you know, you got your, you know, you got Ivan and Lloyd. I mean, he's off running up and down the highway, you know, traveling, running all these big super shows, and then all of a sudden he pops in on you. You know, so you're not you're not racing against you're not racing against no. You know, no amateurs here. These guys know what's going on. Yeah, Jason Fitzgerald, I believe, is running the uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series this year. He's another one of those tough customers. And he went. He he showed up at Scriven Saturday night and put a whooping on them boys. I promise you. Yeah. How many tracks have you raced in the dirt tracks in Florida? Have you raced all of them? I've run. I haven't been to New Hendry yet. Let's see. I've run Volusia, Ocala, Putnam. Wow. East Bay. I think I've been everywhere but New Hendry. Which one do you like the best? 
Uh, they all got their characteristics, you know. I'd say about the toughest one's probably going to be East Bay, you know, because because so much different stuff matters there, you know. We seem to, I seem to be, every time I go there, I go better. I just, I'm still trying to learn the, the whole package there, you know. So what do you expect this week, uh, Friday night at Ocala? Expect a lot of cars? Uh, what do you expect? What do you What do you see? I mean, you out there, you talk to the other drivers, and, I mean, you, you also have a business where you're involved with the drivers, and you can talk about that, too. But what do you expect this week uh, at, at Ocala when the thing gets going? I expect 50 cars there. Wow. Yeah, buddy. You know? <laughs> and I'm not talking about, you know, 50 field fillers, neither. Yeah. I mean, you went there at the first 50, if fifty show up, thirty can win, guaranteed. You you hadn't started racing them yet, as a, or you weren't racing in that particular race last year at the beginning of the year, right? <laughs> Honestly, when when this race happened last year on Friday night, I was at Auburndale practicing for the the big super show they had there, and I left practice at Auburndale and got back just about in time for the feature to start. And, no, we didn't have our dirt car going quite yet. I think it was mid-April we got going last year with the dirt car. Mm. So I was still I was still on the asphalt deal pretty heavy at that time. Yeah, no wonder. That had probably made you get right out of it going to a super show at Auburndale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's, you know, I've, raced, I've, I've, raced, I've, been, I've been racing at Auburndale since the early 90s. And, you know, I don't know. That place ain't changed a lot in, 15 years or however long it's been, you know, and, that, you know, you can't, you can't take it away from them guys that, that run them places on a regular basis. Cause I mean, them places are tough. That's right. You know, and they're, they're especially tough to try to show up there when, you know, when you're running Punta Gorda one week and Auburndale one week and, you know, say New Samarna the next week. I mean, them guys that travel, it's, it's tougher on them still to show up at them little racetracks like that yes. and compete with them guys that run there weekly. Uh, the last year I remember, uh, uh, that was a big deal last year uh, at Ocala on the opener because not only was it the, the the opening night for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series, the first race they ever run, it was uh, Mike Peters' first race back on dirt. Yeah, I parked about a quarter mile down the highway. Yeah, buddy, and I'll tell you, it was funny. I'll never forget it because uh, Rick Angies and I were walking around at 4 o'clock. We're looking at our watches. There's there's how many cars? There's like about 8 or 10 or 12 or we're like, where are these cars coming from? All of a sudden, about five thirty, they just started pouring in, and uh, by the time it was, that's something you got to remember. Is all them guys work for a living? Yeah, buddy. Friday night, so they all come, and it's no different on a regular Friday night. I mean, you're liable to look up there and get the heat race lined up and roll out for the heat race. That'll be five more cars in the heat race. Well, see, that was at the beginning of the year last year, Patrick, when Rick Angie's knew nothing about any kind of dirt races at all. And uh, Jack was just getting in it, so they didn't realize that because there's no practice, ain't nobody gets there early. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I think we ended up running Ocala. I don't know. I mean, after the the pile after the pile last year, we showed, it was funny. We showed up at the pile memorial, and I went out to practice, and it was just one of them deals. The timing was just right. The sun was like perfect, right in your eyes when you come through three and four. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever watched much dirt racing, but when them guys practice. They'll throw the green. They all ride around, right? They don't want to get and all of a sudden, car. they all want to get going at one time. Well, I about run a guy over. I rolled off in the corner there, and the sun hit me just right. <laughs> and I went to pick the throttle, and he was stopped. Well, I spun out, so I, I promptly went straight to the pit area, and that was the last time I've been to Ocala when I practiced. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, and you've got a lot of guys that won't even roll out to practice. If they go somewhere on a regular basis, they're not even they're not even going to get their cars nasty until heat race time. Yeah. Some I, of them, they make you do it. Yeah. Some of them, they make everybody go out there. Hey, so when, when you they won do, that... When, when you when you won that that uh, Powell Memorial, uh, you hadn't been racing the the dirt car very much, or you didn't win. You got second, excuse me, but you did really well. Uh, did you very think well. that the dirt racing was going to be uh, like you had it lick? Like oh, this is nothing. You know, I'm no. right here, right where I want to be. No. I'm going to tell you something about the dirt. The dirt deal will humble you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Just because, I mean, the asphalt stuff. And not to say the asphalt stuff's easy by no means, I don't get me wrong. But you go out and practice and you've got a real good idea of what you're up against come feature time. You know, with the dirt deal, you may go out for to practice and that thing's slimy and got you know, it may be packed down tight and have plenty of moisture. Come feature time it'll get a it'll get a black streak in it, which is slick. And man, you can't drive the car the same. I mean you gotta yeah. drive the car completely different. You gotta get in the corner different, through the corner different. I mean it's the dirt deal is a very humbling deal, man. Trust me, it, it it's humbled me a few times already. It's going to be exciting, no doubt. We'll be broadcasting that race uh, live on Inside Florida Racing. And uh, how many uh, how many cars has Doughboy got wrapped now in Florida? Uh, let's see, whole bunch. I've probably done. It, I'm going to tell you right now, the economy just kind of on me a little bit. You know, I can I can see a difference, but I can I probably say I've done twenty five to thirty already this year um i sent one matter of fact i sent one to pennsylvania today uh i got a customer there um i had i think i had four cars come in today matter of fact you know guys that are you know all of a sudden it's getting time now that racing is getting ready to get started good so if they're starting to get fired up and wound up and ready to go you know and ocala get started and you know it's, it's funny because right about now you'll start getting all your your guys with your street stocks and Stuff like that, because now all of a sudden they're oh, it's time to go, you know. <laughs> so you do them too. <laughs> to go too. So, so you do all the classes. Oh yeah, I do, man. I got guys that, like I say, I've got guys in Pennsylvania that I let her supers for. I got a, I got a girl in Mississippi. I do a crate lake model for. Uh, I got a bunch of them all up through Georgia, you know. And I do a lot of hobby stocks and street stocks and modified and stuff around here. So yeah, it's kind of a. You know, gotta wait by the phone deal, you know. Yeah. So, how does somebody get in touch with Doughboy Signs if they want to? If they, if they need to get in touch with you. Three five two, two five eight, eight six zero nine. Yeah, and you got a website. You sign one, uh, Jack. A, uh, a wrap for uh, Real Racing USA and Inside Florida Racing for my race car. Yeah, I think there's uh, I think there's some things along. Somebody wants something for free there to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily because I know better. <laughs> you but, know, Patrick, I know better. Ain't nothing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know Billy Osborne's already been twisted your arm, man. I know that. Oh yeah. He was. He called me the other day, wanting to, you know, doing some different stuff. And I, I talked to Billy. I grew up with Billy. You know, me and him kind of grew up in the same town here. And you know, he moved off and went doing his own thing there. And I think he does a good job. You know, I think he's good at what he does with the, you know, the promoter deal and. You know, the, he, got, the dirt he got me a sticker. I'll tell you, it was, sitting at the, it was sitting at the racetrack. I had put it on at the track. Sitting <laughs> on top of my race car when I went back from the driver's meeting. It's sitting on top of my race car. Yeah. I'll tell you, that. you know, the dirt deal right now, is, it's such, it kind of takes swings, it seems like, and the dirt deal is so on fire right now that it's just it's out of control just about, you know. 
and the asphalt the asphalt deal's hurting so bad right now. Like me and Jack talked about earlier, I mean it, the asphalt deal's in bad shape right now. It needs a it needs a shot of something. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm hoping a raffle helps sell my car. <laughs> <laughs> Were you buying you a dirt car now too? I'd love to have a dirt car. I, I tell you I'd what, love I think, to see you listen, in one too. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what I think I'd like to do, Patrick? You've been listening to show it all at this Lee Arnold with this V8 stock car series. Uh huh. I'd like to take my motor out of my car stuff and get see if I could find me a straight up car to go run these uh, road course things with. Now I know you'd love to try that. Boy, I tell you what, that's, I'd try it. I ain't gonna say I wouldn't. You know, I'd like drive Sebring? anything, you know. Sebring running a late model at Sebring. Come on, dude. I remember. I don't know if you remember back this far or not, but I remember when the old USA series went to Sebring one time. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, it was fun. Dirt. Kevin, Dirt, Kevin Durden was there, and that's my first cousin. I that's your cousin. Boy, that right. was something to watch, let me tell you. Kevin, we're, I mean, Kevin, look what you did to me. Patrick, we're getting ready to um, move on here, but I want to tell you something. You are going to win soon because I'm sending you over the Carol Wicks wave. I, I appreciate it. My good luck charm is coming your way. All righty. There you go. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's always Fun talking in. I hope your luck gets a lot better. I appreciate it. See you Friday, Patrick. Bye, right, man. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right. He is one fun guy to watch race, I'll tell you. Absolutely. And you're right, though. He is. Uh, he's going to pick up one of these. He guys. is, because he comes from the back, and it's watch out. Yeah. And uh, he's got a good team. He's got a good thing. He's got a good yeah. car. And uh, Hey, Rob, we got one yes, more sir. guest. We're going to talk uh, to... Uh, Jesse Drutilli, and let me tell you now, Jesse is uh, he's a younger driver, you know. And but you know what? He's not. He's going to be racing in his big super late model race. But Jesse has paid his dues, man. He started over there at Desoto, and he was a mini stock uh, champion. And uh, they were, there was a many a time where uh, he was the guy that they were either up on their feet screaming uh, one way or the other. They either loved him or hated him, but he was always. Uh, him and Todd Freed put on some really good mini stock shows out there in the past, and uh, now he's moved up. He's going to try his hand in this ASA Asphalt, uh, Southeast Asphalt Tour uh, this weekend. We'll, we'll be right back. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Hi, I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA. 
Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. On any given day, somewhere between 9 and 4.30, you arrive ready to bring us the world. And for an extra 20, you'll bring us porn. Naughty, naughty boy. Hey, you've already got the van and the jumpsuit. Why not get into criminal activity? Just a naughty boy. After all, what are they going to do? Throw you in cable jail? So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light manhandler of the Scrambler, because isn't it about time someone hooked you up? Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. got to go yet we're back here inside florida racing couldn't uh couldn't finish this night without talking to jesse dutilly welcome to inside florida racing jesse oh thanks for having me on hi jesse how's it going a uh, good it's uh, been going real good i have a, a new little daughter she's uh eight months old today oh my goodness all right oh, boy oh yeah yeah i got one that's 16 months old plenty of fun and you're oh, still great. able to go out racing uh, yes, I'm fortunate I, I still get to go race. So, uh, Dwayne, uh, you got the call from uh, Dwayne Burris. He's going to put you in the number 33 uh, car this uh, weekend for the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour uh-huh. at DeSoto Super Speedway. Are you excited about this, Jesse? Uh, I'm really excited. I think uh, it's a great opportunity, and uh, I'm glad to see that the uh, ASA series has worked with the existing limiteds to come up with a roll package so they all can run together. That's something uh, Dwayne is, was telling me this afternoon that he's really happy with is the fact that this, the uh, ASA Southeast Tour, uh, uh, you can run just about any motor there is. Uh, well, they they run the, the crate motors, uh, the uh, GM, I think the 604 crate motors, I'm not positive on that, but... um. The normal limited races, the ASA cars would run with us, but the actual series race, uh, we weren't allowed to run with them, so they uh, came up with a comparable rule package, and uh, this is actually is going to be a first time, I, I believe, that the limiteds will actually be able to run with them, and I I feel with, uh, that they come up with a good package, I think it'll be very competitive. Yeah, it's an exciting weekend, actually. This is the kickoff for the, the actual icebreaker at the uh, annual big event at DeSoto Super Speedway, and, and uh, we got with, um, I called up Jay Arnold uh, from Keels and Wheels Magazine in Bradenton, and we put our heads together, and in about two hours, we put together a big uh, car show kickoff party over at Hooters uh, in downtown Bradenton there on U.S. Highway 41, and on Friday night, and the ASA Asphalt Tours bringing in some of their cars and, and haulers, and uh, Bill Green's going to be over there, and people from the series will be over there, and it'll be an exciting night. We'll have some other sprint cars and other things over there. It'll be a cool night, and then the next night, Saturday night, we're going to broadcast that race live, Jesse. So so if you're in the winner's circle, man, you're going to be all over the world. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, I, I'm really excited. Um, 
Dwayne has uh, let me run his car. Uh, I believe this is the third or fourth time. Uh, I'm not particularly sure, but uh, we ran a race down in Charlotte a month ago and finished third. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we were struggling a little bit. We had to pit a couple times, but um, we had a good car, and uh, we missed it for the race, but we got back on top of it, so it, we got a good finish out of it. Go ahead, Rob. How many times have you run there at Soto? Uh, I've ran there since uh, myself, 2000, driving. Uh, I won uh, two mini stock championships, an 01 and a 02, and uh, I also won two limited late model championships, uh, one in 05 and the other one in 07. So, now, Jack, um, has this all got straightened out with ASA and the owner of uh, the Soto Speedway? I see. Is everything cool for a new season with them coming up, too? Well, no, Rob, let me, let me, uh, let me just square you away here. See, <laughs> this is the other ASA. Away, not just me. Yeah, no, this is the other ASA. This is, okay, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, the this is. Other. <laughs> yeah, this is. They settled that deal. The other uh, series is called the ASA Late Model series and this is uh, the ASA Asphalt Southeast Asphalt Tour. Um, the, okay, so they're going to run there all season. I mean they're going to have a season there, part of a season run. Well, they got two races there. This one is uh, actually a non-points race for the Southeast Tour and uh, the uh, the race later, I believe it's in October if I'm not mistaken, is actually a televised race. Um, the Southeast uh, Southeast Asphalt Tour was uh the champion last year was Jay Middleton, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, uh, they race all over the place. And uh, Jesse, are you running just at DeSoto, or are you going to travel a bit with the series? Uh, this was the first race we were going to run. Um, depending on how it went, uh, we might look into further races. But at this time, uh, as far as I know, we were just running this one and uh, possibly looking into running uh, another one here or there. But um, just focused on uh, the weekend at hand. Well, and if you win this one. They'll be asking you to run another one. Well, that that always <laughs> helps. Um, I have plenty of laps there. Uh, I, I feel very uh, confident. I think we have a great chance to be competitive, and that's all I can ask for. Well, you know, if you bring all your fans, they'll have a, a, a grandstand full of people, that's for sure, because you got a lot of fans, man. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Um, I uh, I just like to race. So um, last year we I didn't race full-time. Um I kind of skipped around in a bunch of different cars and a bunch of different divisions at a couple different tracks uh, because it was having uh, my daughter, so I didn't plan on racing full-time last year. But um, it's nice to get back in the uh, the fast cars. Um, I really like driving the limiteds and the late models, and um, I'm really excited for this weekend. How's the track right now? How's the uh, the surface out there at DeSoto? Um, it's uh, very abrasive. Uh a little bit bumpy. Uh, I think it will make for uh, an exciting race. Um, uh, definitely tire wear is an issue there as far as um, for the age of the asphalt. But, um, yeah. Uh, hey, Jack, you ever rode around that track on a golf cart? Uh, no, I rode around it in a car, but I haven't rode around it in a golf you cart. You rode around it in a golf cart, so when you're driving around, you can get a good look at it. It's, it's an amazing that when you drive around it, it doesn't feel anything what it looks like because when you look at it, be like, man, this is going to be a rough ride, but it's really not because you're going so fast. You, you run across all the bumps real quick. Yeah, it always seemed to have a, uh, and I don't know about the last several years, but it always seemed to have a lot of a lot of trouble down in turn three, turn three and four down there. Jesse, you would know. Uh, there's a very big bump going into three, um, and uh, it definitely connects 
upset your car depending on the line you run and how much brake you're using. Um, uh, coming out of two has a little bit of a washboard effect to it, uh, where the pavement seems to be uh, up and down a little bit as you come out of two in the low groove. Um, it's just uh, it's old track. Uh, probably could be getting looked into being repaved sooner or later, but um, it definitely makes for exciting racing, and it, it if, if your car's not handling right, uh, the tires just wear out, and you're just not going to stay up front because uh, the track's just too abrasive. So uh, you really need to have a set up for the entire race and not just for the short run. With the supers, can, with the super late models and late models, can you get up on the outside and run? Uh, I think you can. Um, it really depends on, I think, the time of year. In, in summertime, it's really a lot harder, it seems, in the second groove in the spring and the winter, so I, I think that there will be really good racing um, uh, for the uh, time of year and the weather conditions. That's How always... Jeffy? Excuse me? How old are you? Uh, I'm 29. 29. I was going to say, I think that the track got paved about 20 years ago. No, I, I uh, remember when it was paved. I was a kid then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to watch my uh, father race out there uh, when... I think it was paved when Tom Stymus owned it, or maybe even before then. Uh, that was a long time ago. And there was some paving done after, um, I, know, I forget which. Turn 3 and 4 had work done in it a few different times. Uh, the summer heat it really is hard on that asphalt. It, uh, the sun sets on turn 3, and uh, they, they put those fast cars with the big slicks on there, and uh, it really wreaks havoc on the asphalt. Turn three and four was paved. I don't remember the exact circumstances. I think there was more paving done than just that. But after the uh, the old ASA, the original ASA came there to race, and uh, that was with Butch Miller and, and all those guys. And, and as a matter of fact, Jimmy Johnson was there that year. It was a year he, he was uh, racing in that series. And uh, by the time the race was over, turn three no longer had a bump in it. It had a crater. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Under the dirt. Yeah. Huh? They were either on the apron or yeah. on the wall. It was amazing. They tore that track up. That race was. I remember. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I believe Jimmy Johnson's car uh, hadn't uh, lost the brakes and he was shifting uh, to slow down there. Or there was one car. Uh, I was told it was Jimmy Johnson, but I, I don't know for sure. But uh, one car had lost her brakes in that race, and half the race they would actually downshift in the third, going into the corner. <laughs> And just be on the rev chip, yeah. Uh, and then you would hear them upshift when they came back out of the corner. And they ran the whole rest of the race like that. I was surprised it didn't break the car. Yeah, but it should be a fun night this weekend. And uh, best of luck to you, man. Go out there and get them. Show them how it's done on your track. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I just like to thank Dwayne and Liz Barris for giving me the chance to go race with uh, uh, quality cars and competition. I, I think. Um, I think we should be very competitive, so I'm really excited for this weekend. I mean, I, I run really well there, and I definitely have a lot of laps and a lot of success at that racetrack, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. Good luck, Jesse, and thank you for being on Inside Florida Racing. Well, thank you. See you soon. All right. Thanks. Good night. Good night, Jess. Good night. Yeah, so there you go, Rob. We covered it once again. We've, we were all over the place here, man. <clears throat> all over the place. A lot of miles. Yeah, that's what you call when you do a show called Inside Florida Racing. you got to cover a lot of areas. Yeah, a lot of different kinds of racing, and uh, from legends to V8 stock cars to uh, pure stocks, go-karts, carts, champ carts, 
Super late models, dirt late models. Oh my goodness! There's not much we don't well, cover. We won't. We we're not going to have time to get into it. But I tell you what, Rob. Next week we should set a segment aside, the first part of the show, to talk about some of this stuff, uh, uh, especially the car counts and 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 whatnot. Um, uh, Orlando, New Smyrna, and Bronson. They'll get their stuff started here real soon, and then uh, we'll get a better picture. But initially, it looks like car counts are going to. There's a there's a real issue there on the asphalt side of things. So uh, real quick, um, Carol, uh, uh, Charlotte County on their opening night, uh, what did their car counts look like in their class? They weren't bad. There were a couple that had um, fairly low counts, but you know, the car counts were good. The racing was good. The crowd was it was pretty oh, packed. In actually, there. actually, Jack, how many, how many cars were in the class? Jack, was it good or bad? Actually, 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 a. I, I can't remember. It, Jack. Well, you could look it up on Carnac.com. They're all yes, there. Yes, you could. They're all there. Um, Charlotte had uh, uh, in the eighty to ninety car range, sim- similar to Citrus. The difference being is Citrus has these uh, classes where they have. You know, really good full fields of cars. Uh, Charlotte had okay in like uh, some of the classes, but like they only had uh, really weak on the sprints. They only had ten sprints start. I think eleven showed up. I think they had. Uh, I'm just going from memory now, but I think they had fourteen uh, uh, modifieds. Well, that's good. If I, I think that's what it was. I could be wrong, but I, I think you can look it up. Fourteen in the, modifieds in the race results. The class is growing. But what I'm getting at is. They still don't have the car counts where you get up around 20, 20 no. some cars in each class, and that's what you really need to put on the really good shows to get people up on their feet. You know, well, uh, some be- people can't always make it by the first uh, week, so we'll give them a we'll give them a month. Each one of these tracks a month, and let's see where the car yeah. counts are. And, mm-hmm. and I think that um, you know, like anything else, you know, some of these guys they don't have a, they didn't get their car done yet. Yeah. You know, they didn't make the first race. A lot of them, hopefully. I think Auburndale had around sixty some, I believe, sixty three or something in that in that range, and DeSoto really really took a hit there. They had uh, uh, they had a good bus count, but the car count was not real good at all. But we'll see. Like you said, it's going to take a minute to see because there are a lot of people not able to get everything done the way they'd like to get it done um, because of the economy and other things. Yeah, I have to give it a month and see how the crowds look and how the uh Drivers look, you know, the car count, like yep. we were talking about. See if uh, the economy has really bitten it hard or if people have gotten down and gotten their stuff together. You know, hopefully the track owners have some new strategies uh, and the drivers have um, some new uh, means of uh, financial support to get their cars out there. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to stay tuned after this show. We, we have... Uh the second half of, uh, of the second hour of the Real Racing USA live show from East Bay, and uh, uh, Rex uh, Bonehead, Bone Man, Hollinger. Bone Man. See there I go. There you go. <laughs> Bone Man Hollinger. Of course, he's on uh, most of that show, and it's some very interesting conversations with uh, uh, Buck 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 Holtz and some other folks uh, from around the country uh, that Rex talks with, and and. Uh, Rick Angies and Bill Green talk with. They have some pretty lively debates about uh, some important issues. You got anything else, Rob? No, uh, it's a good time. Uh, you know, looking forward to uh, doing an interview with Ryan Hunter Ray, open wheel star. Thank you, Carol Wicks. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, good see talking to you again, Rob. 
Yeah, you too, Carol. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show tonight and, uh, and uh, bringing in the fan side. Hopefully, she'll get her stuff worked out. Yeah, we'll talk, talk to you soon. Take care. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening in.